Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at our blind spot, and on my way go. We in bitten airwaves. Cool! Yes, yes, y'all. Listen online or download the app. You got it? MaximumFM.ca. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live on the airwaves right now. And speaking of airwaves, that was my man Thiago uh, with El Momento. That was a hot-ass record right there. Uh, friend of the show, been on the show before. Uh, we'll definitely get him in uh, sooner or later, sometimes coming up, so I'm sure he's going to want to promote that. So shout out to my boy Thiago, most definitely. <clears throat> but nonetheless, we have a live show for you guys to get to. Uh, once again tonight, we'll be handling it on the solo dolo basis. But no worries, we will get some guests in later this month, I guarantee that. But nonetheless, we still have a lot of great content to get to. We got to talk about Kendrick Lamar and, you know, the epic troll job that he did throughout this entire week, which I absolutely love. Uh, we got to talk about uh, Drake appearing in a new TV series. We got to talk about this this Pepsi ad that's got people fuming, and for obvious reasons, of course. But before we get to all that, you guys already know how I do, man. I got to get some stuff off of my chest. So on that note, I think it's time that we uh, let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Indeed, indeed. So I want to open up some basketball talk because you already know when it comes to meatball is life. Uh, shout out to my Toronto Raptors. They're playing a home game uh, in the city right now against the Miami Heat. They're up 46-34 with uh, just a few minutes left to go into the first half. So, shout out to the Raptors. Um, they are making their case known that they want to be the three seed. They're, that's what they're aiming for because two seed is a little, just a little bit out of reach. It's still plausible, but you would have to rely upon Boston to lose their remaining games. And at the end of the day, we want to rely on us winning our games, of course. So, I don't think that one's a bit plausible. I think the three seed and obtaining the three seed is more realistic at this point, and that's what they're going for. So, hopefully, they'll manage to knock that out of the park. Uh, on that note, the only uh, other race that's going on right now, besides, uh, you know, racing for, you know, fellow seeding and what have you, is the MB- MVP race. And a lot of people are making their cases known that it should either be Russell Westbrook hoisting that trophy or it should be James Harden hoisting that trophy. Now, both players are equally deserving of that award. You know, people are also saying, you know, LeBron James should be in the mix as well. And I'll get to the reasons why I don't think he should be MVP. But I feel as though a lot of people are downplaying the success that Russell Westbrook is having, mainly because of the fact that he is currently in the sixth seed right now, and therefore he's not winning. Okay, so let's let's break this down because I've had it up to here. Now, you would think that I'm cheering for Russell Westbrook to be the MVP. I personally think it's going to be Harden. I feel like Harden is slightly more deserving of that, but I am not mad if, in fact, uh, Russell Westbrook wins it because we're witnessing history. The man tied tied the record for the most amount of triple doubles in the season, and that hadn't been done in 50 years. 
And I love the fact that a lot of people are downplaying it and saying how he's just stat stuffing, he's padding his own stats, et cetera, et cetera, and how triple doubles are overrated. But really, when you look at it, if triple doubles are overrated, then wouldn't everyone be achieving a triple double? If triples, if triple doubles are so easy, wouldn't we have a gang of players just averaging triple doubles up their ass? Yet it hasn't been done in fifty years. Yet it's it's an overrated stat line. Oh, okay, sure. Hey, what do I know? It's not my business. But really, though, really, let, let's get real for a second. Russell Westbrook has a lot of detractors, but he also has a lot of fans. Like I feel like. Russell is one of the most polarizing figures in basketball today. Fans love him for the most part. You know, they love the way that he excites the crowd, his electrifying style of play. He only knows one speed. He literally goes from zero to 100 real quick. But then the people who don't like are mostly the analysts and the commentators for the most part who say that he is padding his stats and that he's a detriment to his team. If he's a detriment to his team, then... Why is his team reliant upon him to average such triple-double? I mean, basically, I as, as far as my knowledge is concerned, they are 32 and, I believe, 32 and 7 when he's averaging a triple-double. So wouldn't that lead you to believe that him averaging a triple-double is essential to their success? And you could also say, oh, well, he has a high usage rate. That's why they needed to average a triple-double. But even then, if he has a high usage rate, wouldn't that show you that him averaging a triple-double is essential to their overall success? And going back to LeBron, you know, about him making his case for MVP. Sure, 25-7-7 are MVP numbers, but we're talking about a guy who averages that in his sleep. So, yes, you could say that we are taking his ability to average those types of numbers for granted, but at the end of the day, those are regular LeBron numbers. If you put it on anyone else, then sure, yeah, the MVP case could be uh, stronger for said person. But because LeBron has made this the standard over the last 10 years, I would say, his case for MVP isn't as deserving as it is for Russell Westbrook or even a James Harden. And going to James Harden, no one expected the Houston Rockets to be the three seed in the West. M- most people probably had them as a bottom seed in the play- in the playoffs you know, this year. But the fact that this guy was able to compromise and change his position basically going from two guard to one guard even though he's done it before but not in a full season buying into a completely brand new system that he's never really bought into before and making players around him relevant who were irrelevant the year before or years prior Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson uh, Eric Gordon like these guys they basically were just you know role players now they are but they're more notable role players this year more so than they have been in the last at least five years or so and then you add Lou Williams to the to the mix, you know, scoring off of the bench, and you have a recipe for disaster. They are easily your dark horse to take the Western Conference, and that's all because of Harden and the system that he bought into. Uh, and going back to Westbrook, yes, he's a six seed, but this notion that you have to be a four seed or higher to be MVP caliber or to be nominated as an MVP at the very least, um. It's it's BS. It's BS, to be honest. Because why is it that that is the only award that you have to be a four-seed or higher, but every other award, you know, in the bank, you know, you can just be whatever. So coach of the year, you don't have to be, you don't have to be coaching a, high, uh, a higher-ranked seed team to get that award. Uh, most approved player. I don't think you even have to be on the playoff team, for that matter, to get that award. Uh, what else we got? We also have defensive player of the year. 
Uh, that one's 50-50, I would say. Rookie of the year for obvious reasons. You know, you would have to be a good rookie to stand out on a bad team, of course. So that one I understand. But overall, what I'm trying to say is this has been the standard, the unofficial standard, mind you, uh, for the past 30 or so years. So why not for once go against the status quo and give it to someone who's well-deserving of it despite their seeding. I would understand if Russell Westbrook wasn't even in the playoff mix to begin with, but as far as I'm concerned, if you're seeded between one to eight, that means you're in the playoffs, which means you're on a winning team. You can't just give the the MVP award to a player who you think is going to be in the NBA Finals because if that's the case, Dirk Nowitzki shouldn't have gotten it back in 2007. If that's the case, Steve Nash shouldn't have gotten it back in 2006. At the end of the day, the MVP, just like all the other awards, is a regular season award. It is assessed on your overall play from late October to middle of April. Nothing else beyond that matters for that award because the, the, the writers and whomever submit their votes once the regular season is over and done with. So whatever they do in the playoffs, whatever you think they may do in the playoffs, should not, should not count towards their overall quote-unquote deserving of that award. Because it's irrelevant at that point. The, the vote has been cast. The vote has been cast. So all this talk about, oh, well, Russell, I have just way too many turnovers. too much of a detriment. Sure, he has his flaws. But his pros outweigh his cons. The man's averaging a triple-double for God's sakes. And not only that, he's also leading the league in points scored. Maybe not so in assists, but I think in assists he's at least top five. And then rebounds. The man's six foot three and he's averaging ten rebounds a game. What are we talking about here? Listen, again, like I said, I think you know, like personally, I feel like James Harden should be the MVP because he took a team that had very low expectations and he raised them. Whereas with Russell Westbrook, we all expected that the Thunder would be a low seeded ranked team in the Western Conference. But I am not mad if Russell Westbrook wins the MVP because he equally deserves that MVP award like James Harden. No disrespect to LeBron James, no disrespect to, to, to Kawhi Leonard or anyone else who's in the running, but it definitely should be deserving of those two players, and I'm talking about Westbrook and Harden. So whoever wins that award is equally deserving. I'll just say this, though. If, if, uh, if Harden doesn't win that award this year, that's going to be two years that he was in the running for that MVP award and did not win it. We're talking about 2015 when he was up against Curry and then this year up against Westbrook. He's going to be fired up if he doesn't win that award this year. So who knows what's going to happen? We'll see as it all unfolds. Uh, but overall, what do you guys think? Who deserves the MVP award this year? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and share your thoughts. <gasps> Pardon me. Coming up after the commercial break, man, uh, we got to talk about Kendrick Lamar and the, I don't want to say controversy, but the hornet's nest that he's kind of been poking at lately. Uh, and that was his call to action for today, which led into, which led to an announcement about an upcoming project that will be coming out next week. So we're going to get into more of that. But before we do, man, we got to talk, we got to play uh, his, one of his latest releases, which is entitled The Heart Part 4. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Listen online or download the app. You got it? MaximumFM.ca. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your host, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. Um, Kendrick, geez, man. I'm still not over the fact that how much he's 
spazzed on that record, basically. But once again, that was the heart part four. And we're going to get to some Kendrick talk right now because the big talk of the day is the fact that he said on that very same record, and I quote, y'all got till April 7th to get y'all shit together. Well, lo and behold, April 7th, as of this recording, has arrived, which is today, and we didn't get an album, mixtape, playlist, untitled project, single, disc record, nothing. Nothing tangible. However, we got an announcement, and that announcement was that his new album will be released next week, next Friday, April 14th, 2017. Now, far be announced, a lot of people were, uh, you could say, agitated, perturbed even, that Kendrick did not release anything at all today. Now, me personally, I somewhat anticipated that because I almost thought it was too easy that he would just give us what we wanted on April 7th. But nonetheless, I was anticipating something anything i try to keep my expectations low so that i would not be disappointed but nonetheless uh twitter got involved and there's a whole bunch of memes that came out here a lot of video clips and what have you but let me read y'all a couple of tweets just so y'all could can understand how much kendrick has the internet fiending like they just took a hit of like the most the most potent pcp or something Let, let's 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 just you know take a read through some of these tweets um <laughs> wow this one went in this guy said n-words got jobs and work tomorrow morning y'all can't be pulling this kind of shit i could have been sleep <laughs> another person said thankfully joey badass is still dropping his album tomorrow otherwise i'd be devastated about kendrick lamar not dropping till next week optimistic fair and then some people are even linking it to syria attacks like too soon people too soon one person said all these missiles and kendrick lamar's album is still going to be the most destructive yee and then another person said, if Syria could just wait to attack us on our own turf for like another week so I could listen to K-Dot's new album, that'd be great. Jeez. Let me give y'all one more. Um, oh, my God. This person said, pre-World War Three album needs to drop ASAP at Kendrick Lamar. Come on, man. Like, really? <laughs> and you know what? I'll give y'all one more just for good measure. Drop this album before World War Three starts, please, Kendrick Lamar. Wow. Okay, then. So you guys obviously get the point here. Kendrick Lamar has basically stirred up his little James Harden pot of gumbo. And whether you agree or disagree with his tactics, the fact of the matter is we're all eating it up. And I, for one, absolutely love it. I love it. I think it's genius. Because whether or not this album came out today or next week, whatever the case may be, we are still talking about it. We've been talking about Kendrick Lamar for the last couple of weeks now. Ever since our Heart Part 4 came out, we've been talking. We've been speculating as to whether he's been dissing uh, Big Sean or Drake or a combination of both. Or better yet, when, uh, what's his name, Humble came out, the video and the single came out, we've all been talking about that, not just about who he's dissing, but also what else has been said in that song as well, which we'll get to later on in the show. But nonetheless, we've been talking about Kendrick. Kendrick Lamar is a topic of discussion in hip-hop. And it kind of sucks because maybe before uh, the Hard Part 4 came out, we were all talking about Drake and more life. That was a topic of discussion. But he basically took that thunder and shine away from Drizzy, and now we are talking about Kendrick Lamar. 
And, you know, with good reason, because Kendrick Lamar is also seen as, you know, the debatable king of rap in this decade right now. It's between him and Drake. It's not even a long shot. I mean, the next closest person behind them would probably be J. Cole. But even then, J. Cole kind of stays to the side a little bit. But nonetheless, Kendrick is drumming up a lot of conversation. And at this point in his career, he definitely has the ammo to do so because of the fact that ever since he dropped uh, Section 80, he's had a solid string of albums. Section 80 was his first album under independent label Top Dog Entertainment and was met with critical acclaim. Good Kid Man City came out. That was noted as arguably the first classic album of this decade. And To Pimp a Butterfly was a debatable classic in its own regard. And people still today debate as to whether or not that album was stronger than Good Kid Mass City. Either way, there's still great efforts in their own right. And then even his untitled album is basically his version of Nas's Lost Tapes or anyone else's, you know, B-side collection that he just wanted to put out to the masses while we still wait and salivate for the next album to come out. And even then, that album is still better than 75% of what we're hearing in today's market. So he's given us a lot to discuss, and he's given us a lot to anticipate because we don't really know for sure what direction he's going to go into with this album. In past articles, he said, uh, with this new album that is coming out, he said he wants to relate the conversation to God because that's one thing that we haven't really been mentioning in today's society. So who knows? Maybe he might take the religious approach. And so far, as far as imagery is concerned, he's already taken that approach in the Be Humble video where he where he dressed as the Pope. And he also had a scene of the Last Supper with him in the middle and all of his disciples, so to speak, uh, surrounding him and what have you. So... Again, it's all up for speculation. It's all up for debate. But whether or not we were expecting the album, he still has us talking. And we're still going to listen to the album anyway, even though we were expecting it to be today. Now, as I said before, I had low expectations because I didn't know what was coming out. Because all he relayed to us was on that record the following. Y'all got till April 7th to get your shit together. So we don't know what was coming out April 7th. Of course, we were hoping for an album or some sort of body of work, but we didn't get that. But he didn't even specify that that's what we were going to get. He just said that the industry should have everything together, should have their priorities straightened out by that date. He did deliver, not maybe in the form or fashion that we were expecting or that we were hoping for, but he did deliver nonetheless, and that was an album to to be released on April 14th. And if you ask me, Kendrick is one of the few artists in rap who is, you know, somewhat well-versed within the mainstream that can dictate the pace and sound and culture of the industry right now. Because despite his commercial status, he's never had to sacrifice his sound once. Kendrick has always had someone of a prevalent old soul feel to his music, whether it be with, dra- with the jazz music or the soul or the you know kick drums and snares that he has in his music, he's never once had to compromise his sound. You know, some people may say a record like Swimming Pools, for example, sounds so overly commercial or whatever. But then when you hear it in the context of an album, you say, "Oh, that's what he was doing." You know, uh, when we first, even when we first listen to Swimming Pools, when you give it another like second or third or fourth listen, you realize that he's not celebrating. Alcohol culture, he's talking about alcoholism and how people suffer from it 
and what one's mind state is like when they're going through it. First verse, he talked about it from his own perspective about how um, his family, how him and his family grew up in Chicago. Every day he would see bottles scattered around the house and what have you. So that was pretty straightforward. And then the second verse, he was talking about from his own perspective when being intoxicated with liquor. So there's a method to his madness. And then even a record like I, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, that was so commercial, so cheesy. Like, I still to this day don't get how that was commercial and how he's trying to chase radio. Because if that's the case for a rapper, wouldn't he be doing a record over some sort of like Euro pop type of record? Or wouldn't he be doing a trap record in that regard as well? Because that is what hip-hop is in the pop stance is concerned. Like sampling an old funk record from the 70s, that may have been pop 20 years ago, but not in today's market. So people lost me when they were saying, oh, he's trying to go commercial. He's trying to do this. He's trying to do that. I think people were just upset for no reason. And they're just looking for a reason to be upset with Kendrick. And then even then... Going back to to uh, to Pimp a Butterfly, when you listen to that same record in the context of an album, it makes more sense. So I feel like people really need to be patient when it comes to Kendrick Lamar because he has a method, he has a purpose to whatever he's doing. So if he says the album's going to come out April fourteenth, or he used that as a ploy to say, "Hey, the album's coming out April fourteenth," then just trust in him and know that. It's going to be worth the wait because he's already given you three solid albums and then just a like a B-side album that he just kind of threw to the feds or sorry, the, the feds to, to the fiends, I should say, uh, while he's working on his his real fourth project. So I'm here for it. I'm definitely here for it. I think it's clever. I think it's absolutely genius about what he's doing right now. And, you know, the old school soul in me when it comes to hip-hop battle standards and what have you is concerned i want to hear at least one more record whether it's a subliminal or whether it's direct i want to hear another record going at him uh going at big sean or going at drake i just want to hear one more at least just for the culture i don't care if it comes out before the album i don't care if it's released with the album i just want to hear one more just for the culture's sake because that's what hip-hop is all about man and as far as a beef between Big Sean and Big Drake, I'd or, or sorry, Drake, I'd rather see one with Drake because the story is there. That's been brewing for a while. Whereas Big Sean, a match between him and Big Sean just seems more like an undercard match just so we can get to the real match. But, hey, Drake had his mid-card match with Meek Mill, so fair enough. Because me, personally, Big Sean's no match for, for, um, for Kendrick Lamar, and I already outlined that um, a few weeks back, so... Either way, I'm here for it. We're all going to be here for it. So people who are complaining right now, stop your blood clot crying, all right? It's it's not that serious. Kendrick is going to deliver. He's given us the benefit of doubt that he will deliver. He's delivered on three straight albums in a row. So I don't see any reason why we should groan and complain that he didn't drop his album yet. Don't worry. We are going to get that hot fire next week. But what do you guys think? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts. Coming out after the commercial break, man, we got a little bit more Kendrick news to get into in regards to the Humble video. Also, we got to talk about Drake starring in the London series Top Boy. And also, Jazz Cartier, Toronto's own, made a little bit of controversy when he accepted his Juno Award uh, last week. Uh, so we're going to get into all that. But before we do, man, we got to play some Canadian content. And lo and behold, it is my man Jazz Cartier with Wake Me Up Till It's Over. 
or when it's over, waking up when it's over. Pardon me. Um, keep it locked, ladies and gentlemen. It's Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Listen online or download the app. You got it. MaximumFM.ca. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. Once again, that was Jazz Cartier with Wake Me Up When It's Over. And we will be discussing him later on in Trip Talk. Uh, but nonetheless, we are at that segment, three topics of three minutes. So on that note, let's get to it. So earlier, we were talking about Kendrick Lamar and, you know, the hype that he was creating around this day. Um, but not only that, he was also creating hype with his latest single, which is entitled Humble. And in the video... One of the things that he mentioned was how he was tired of women being photoshopped and let's just see some girls uh, being presented in their natural form. You know, let's see like some ass with some stretch marks in it, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I thought that was kind of cool, actually, in the video where they did a split screen of the woman who on one side was all glammed up and on the other side there was no makeup at all. So we saw her freckles and we saw the um, the afro coming out and her booty was actually real. Like there was no silicone pumped into it. I thought that was cool. However, of course, with Kendrick Lamar, for whatever reason, has detractors, female detractors at that, who are never satisfied with whatever moves he makes. So there is a feminist group. Um, I don't know the specific name of the group, what have you, but nonetheless, there's a feminist group who criticized Kendrick Lamar for criticizing um, how women look, and they thought that he was dictating how they should look. Now, okay, here, hmm, hmm, <laughs> okay, here's the thing. You're telling me, <laughs> oh God! All right, I gotta contain myself for a minute. All right, you're telling me that in an industry where like eighty percent of its artists praise, you know, women who are overly promiscuous or ra- would rather, you know, date women who are promiscuous, would rather date women whose per- bodies are forty percent, you know, manufactured and what have you, are you know, kind of brushed to the side, so to speak. And it's just a matter of them saying, oh, boys will be boys. But when someone actually comes in and says, hey, I like a girl who looks natural and looks good for who they are and what they are, then all of a sudden the firing squad comes out and we're basically shooting bullets at this guy. I don't understand it. I mean, I, I, I mean, ugh, oh, God. Wasn't it two years ago? And I made a video about this two years ago. Two years ago when there was a quote-unquote dark-skinned activist who was, you know, self-proclaimed as such. I didn't even know there was one that even existed. Um, Didn't one actually come out the woodworks? Not just one, but a lot of people, not just dark-skinned activists, but a lot of women, a lot of black women came out and damn near crucified Kendrick Lamar for marrying a light-skinned woman. Keep in mind, she wasn't a stripper. She wasn't a musician. She wasn't even a celebrity at all in any sense of the word. It was a woman that he grew up with like that's basic that was basically his high school sweetheart i'm sure they had you know some bumps and and bruises along the way and what have you but at the end of the day they said hey screw it we've known each other for 10 years let's get married and they got married but no because she was light-skinned and possibly you know mixed with black and latina people had a problem and now fast forward people are having problem with the fact that kendrick lamar is stating that He's tired of seeing photoshopped women and women who have ass shots and breast implants and that he wants to see something real. But there's a problem with that? 
So hold on. If Drake said that, would there be a problem with that? If Big Sean said that, would there be a problem with that? I mean, I'm just trying to find where the hypocrisy, hypocrisy lies when it comes to Kendrick Lamar, you know, not even preaching, but just expressing a positive opinion. But no, we have a problem with that. But hey, once again, that's none of our business. Tired of this shit. Word up to Bernie Mac, RIP. But nonetheless, I'm just so sick of this, man. Like, this this man can't do any right in the eyes of women for whatever reason. First the light-skinned girl drama and now this. I mean, what's next? I mean, God forbid he shows up to a, to a women's march and stands in solidarity with his fellow women in 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 uh, in support of equal rights or or something like that. Oh, that's not Kendrick's place. How dare he protest in in favor of women being paid equally? Come on, give this man a break for God's sakes. I I'm 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 so sick of this shit, man. Kendrick cannot do any right in the eyes of women for whatever reason. I, I don't know. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. I mean, I even heard back in the day when he casted the dark-skinned woman in the Poetic Justice video that the girl wasn't cute enough. Really? I'm, I'm off this, man. What do you guys think? Am I, am I going overboard with, 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 with my discontent for this story? Has the critics been going overboard about this? What, what do you guys think? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and share your thoughts. Tired of the shit. Tired. Oh yay. Anyways, let's move on to the next topic. Got me all tight and everything. About, about to make me rip off my Luke Cage shirt and everything. About to make me scream out uh, sweet Christmas. Oh boy. You know what? Let me let me let me just, you know, cool down just a little bit. We gotta talk about Drake, man. We gotta talk about Drake. So Drake made headlines when he uh announced that he bought the rights to the popular uh England series uh, Top Boy. Not only did he do that. But he will also be starring in a major role in that series. So we have um, we have the uh, the quote from here, uh, and this is according to let's see here, what is the name of this person? Uh, Walters is what I'm getting right here. I guess he is one of the uh, handlers of the show. But nonetheless, this person basically said, and I quote the following: We met to start talking about the show, and we are working out a role for him. He loves acting. Of course, he wanted a part. He's going to be really hands-on and is getting stuck into it. So, as we all know, Drake started off his career in show business in acting when it came to Degrassi and what have you. And lately, for the last couple of years, he's been really, he's really ingratiated himself into the whole London hip-hop scene, specifically within grime. And he's really adopted himself into it. And also, a lot of people have been very forthcoming of his you know, indoctrination into that scene. So you've heard people like Skepta uh, and Giggs and a few other artists from that scene really accept him as one of their own. And so the fact that he's joining their scene from, you know, a show business standpoint, specifically with television, is not that surprising. So how much of the show are they going to rewrite just to fit him into it? We don't really know at this point. But he's actually, you know, bought the rights to the show, basically, and that's how much he really loves this, you know, show and this scene and what have you. So I'm really curious to see what role he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to play the role of a London Roadman. <laughs> That'd be interesting to see. 
Um, but I'm not really that surprised that he would go to those lengths to really show his acting chops in a scene that he's really infatuated with. Um, for me personally, I've been wanting to see Drake act for a very long time, and I just I I don't really include. Um, 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 why am I blanking out? Degrassi, mainly because Degrassi was shot ten years ago, and Drake is you know thirty years old now. So you would think that he's grown as an actor, and I want to see what type of acting chops he's working with. So far, we've only seen him on stints on SNL, which is showing off his comedic timing, which I really like. Uh, he has a few cameo appearances in random movies here and there, like Anchorman Part Two. Uh, I but I want to see what he can really bring from a dramatic standpoint. We've, we've seen a few scenes here and there in, in like, uh, music videos and short films and stuff like that. But, again, I want to see his range. I'm really curious to see what kind of range that the boy is working with. And I'm here for it, to be honest. Like, I've been really curious to see what type of chops he's been working with. And I think this might give us, at the very least, a sample size of the heights that he can reach from a dramatic standpoint. So, either way, I'm curious to see what it's going to be about. And I think everyone else should be as well. And I think we should be open uh, with that perspective as well. Let's not judge him based on his merits as an artist, whether you're fond of him or not. Let's see what he can do on the acting stage. Do you guys agree? Do you all disagree? You guys already know what to do. Hit me up on Twitter, DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts. And finally, on Trip Talk, and this one I've really been wanting to talk about for about a week now. And this one involves homegrown native uh, Jazz Cardi, another fellow Torontonian. Now, basically, this guy uh, really made uh, a scene, so to speak, when it came to his acceptance speech at the uh, Juno Awards uh, last weekend. So he took home the award for, I think it was Best Rap Recording. And basically, during his speech... Uh, he called out Canadian radio. And he did that not th- only through his speech, but also through uh, social media via Instagram. And this is what he said, and I quote, One best rap album of the year at the Genos tonight. Something that means a lot for me from Toronto and also repping Canada. Um, he also said, My drive to push the culture would be nothing if my mom wasn't putting me onto the legend and someone I can call a mentor. Uh, Jellystone, Mishimi, Maestro, Point Blank, Main Source, Adam Bomb, the list goes on. Oh, man, this shit is in my blood. Shout out JP and GCP, too. This means a lot to me, but like I said, this evening, the Canadian radio is going to have so, have to stop bullshitting and start playing our own on our radio so these kids don't feel the need to leave these states in order to make it or to get heard. That's going to be one of my goals this year to make sure this happens. And also the Juno Awards. While you guys enjoy all the hip-hop in the world at your after parties, next year you got to have the category filmed on television. Love, P.S. Love to Drake, Belly, Tori, Tasha. You all inspire me. I share this with you guys who deserve it more than I do. Ladies and gentlemen, that deserves a cool drop in every sense of the word. For real, man. I'm glad somebody said it because at the end of the day, the Junos has been shitting on Canadian hip-hop for the longest time. And he said the best. Like, you guys play the music at the after parties, at the soirees, at the networking events. But when it comes to the actual award show itself, where is that love? When, when is it – when 
do we ever get to see the award for best rap artist or best rap recording being presented live on television? It's always the country music. It's always the pop music. It's always the, the rock scene, but never the hip-hop scene. So I'm glad he came out and said that statement because that is going to permeate for years to come. And I hope it does because it's very important that rappers get their just due. Uh, just a whole hip-hop culture in general because the biggest artist in Canada, arguably, is a part of that culture. So I definitely feel as though we should get their, with the uh, we should get the props due when it comes to that. So shout-out to Jazz for making a very conscious statement. Did not expect that from him. Um, I'm very uh, enlightened by that, and I think that statement should permeate for years to come. Now, what do you guys think of that statement? Should the Junos take more of a stance to be more involved with the hip-hop scene and to get it on their airwaves as the show is playing live on television? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Share your thoughts. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Flashback Friday track of the day. So let's get to it, shall we? And you guys already know, hit me up on social media. Let me know what you guys want to hear for Flashback Friday. And I figure let's stick with the Canadian content, man. This is one of my favorite records from one of my favorite, not only Canadian MCs, but just overall favorite MCs ever. And this one comes by way of the man, the myth, the legend himself, Maestro Fresh West. And this one is entitled Stick to Your Vision. So when we get back, we do have the Wanks of the Week, so keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Listen online or download the app. You got it? MaximumFM.ca. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Now, it's that moment that y'all been waiting for, and I will keep you waiting no longer. So on that note, <clears throat> who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the wankster of the week. So on that note, we're going to drop that just like this. Now, this week's Wankster of the Week, this one's obvious. I'm not going to kill the suspense for you much longer, but it's going to be a conjunction of sorts. So the majority of the Wankster of the Week is going to go to Pepsi as an ad, as a company, as a conglomerate, and then just a little bit of that is going to go to uh, for, uh, cor- sorry, current uh, Kardashian clan member Kendall Jenner. Now, the reason why they're getting the Wankster of the Week is because of the ad that they put out recently with Kendall as the star of that ad. And this ad just stir up, store up, it just stirred a hornet's nest of controversy, to say the least. Now, basically, to make the long story short, the ad was basically about uh, a protest that was happening. You see so many different races and colors and creeds being a part of said protest. So you saw black people, you saw Muslims, uh, you saw women in there, et cetera, et cetera. And then it looked as though there was a police standoff happening. So it looked like they were rioting against the police, and you even had one person who put up a sign that said, join the conversation. So in comes Kendall Jenner, the savior of the masses, basically, comes in, She's walking through to people or whatever, smiles and cheers, giving depth to the black people and everything because, of course, she has to get her hood credentials. And then the funny thing is she grabs a Pepsi can out of nowhere and offers it, offers it to one of the police officers. The police officer drinks the Pepsi, and then everything is all right in the world after. So obviously a lot of people were upset by this because, A, 
you were basically, you know, prying on a situation that is currently happening right now with people rioting against the police for, you know, unlawful acts that they've committed as of late. And also because you're kind of lampooning uh, the efforts of the Black Lives Matter movement in America. And on top of that, you're basically making it sound so trivial to the point where you're saying that a can of soda will end all problems that are happening in the world. So maybe if Martin Luther King had a can of Coke back in 1963, then everything would have been A-OK with him. Maybe if Trayvon Martin had a can of Pepsi rather than a can of iced tea, he'd still be breathing right now. Speaking of breathing, maybe Eric Garner should have been selling you know, cans of pop uh, with Pepsi on it, and he wouldn't have been choked out by the police officers. I can go on and on and on, but at the end of the day, their efforts were tone deaf to say the least. Now, speaking of efforts, they put out a statement, uh, and I'm talking about Pepsi, uh, basically saying the following, and I quote, um, Pepsi was trying to project a global message of unity, peace, and understanding. Clearly, we missed the mark and apologize. We did not to sorry, we did not intend to make light of any serious issue. We are pulling the content and halting any further rollouts. And then, of course, they also uh, sent an apology to Kendall Jenner for basically putting her in the crossfire. And of course, you know, she didn't object to it. So that's why I'm kind of placing blame on her because she didn't even think to herself for one second that maybe, just maybe, this isn't the best of ideas. I don't care how detached the way she is from reality and society and what's happening. You should know better, basically. But Pepsi, because it's one person versus a conglomerate, which is Pepsi. They collectively should have known together. So their ad department, their marketing department, their PR department, all of them should get the boot or at least suspended uh, at the very least because of the fact that this is probably one of the most tone-deaf ads I've ever seen in my life. Same goes to everyone who, who also witnessed it. Because how do you make light of something like that in today's political and social climate? Who was the idiot who gave this the green light? Who? 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 Like, honestly. You guys are getting this wanksin, man. I'm sorry. There's no further explanation beyond this that needs to be stated. So do y'all deserve this wankster? Of course you do. And I'm going to drop it on you just like this. Where does that drop? There we go. Shame on you, Pepsi. Shame on you. That's why I've always been a Coca-Cola man. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that about does it for another edition of Cool Radio. I want to thank you for tuning in, as you normally do, on a weekly basis. Next week, we have uh, hip-hop artist Jay O'Shine in the building. We're going to talk about his music and all that good stuff. And as for me, you guys already know where to find me. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Hit up the show on SoundCloud at cool underscore radio to catch all the full audio podcasts of the show in case you know a friend who missed it. Um, catch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash coolradiocc to catch all the video clips of Cool Radio. And then make sure you follow us and like us on Facebook at Facebook under, sorry, facebook.com slash coolradiocc. As you already know, Cool Click, uh, sorry, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool. Cool.